0: Hey, Scott and John here with Bible Mysteries. We want to thank you for being a listener, but we'd love to invite you to become a subscriber.
1: Absolutely. This will only help us to expand the amount of people that we're able to reach and show the secrets in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about.
0: That's right, John. And if you subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast, you get some great benefits. Access to every current episode, the full thing, even with our interviews and any special events we do. Plus, we have downloadable show notes, We have our community forum and Slack that you can join. And we have our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter.
1: So for just $7 a month, you can help support us, get the word out, and defeat the satanic global
0: elite. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 113 The Unclean Spirits, Part 2. Now, here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome back to Bible Mysteries podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell and
1: I'm John Potts and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't
0: want you to know. That is right. So John, we're going to talk about some more things the world doesn't want people to know. But before we get to that, we always would like to acknowledge our premium subscribers and we're going to welcome 12 new subscribers. Awesome. But thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. But we also got some exciting news to say that we ask for your feedback on what should we name our subscribers we Mm -hmm. were looking for a name and you all submitted such great ideas but there was a there was one name that kept recurring on several people who replied and I think we found a winner. So, okay. John, the name is Seekers. Seekers. People seeking knowledge. Absolutely. Right? Seeking Secret the truth. And knowledge. Seeking to understand the yeah. mysteries. We love that. So, welcome Seekers, our Bible Mystery Premium subscribers. And it's Slack. We, uh, we're we going to call each other Seekers there. And so, uh, having that in mind, we're going to welcome several new people here. We like to do 12, since they yep. are 12 apostles. Uh, Michelle B., we want to welcome you and thank you for subscribing and becoming a seeker, as well as Lawrence J., Carlise A., Clint K., Malcolm S., Remick S., Daniel F., Michael A., Dean H., Pamela F., Veronica S., and Maricela A. So welcome, new seekers, and thank you so much for subscribing Absolutely. to Bible Mysteries. Yeah, thank you
1: for your support.
0: It's exciting how we're growing, John, and I really <clears throat> appreciate the people participating. And another thing I want to talk about to get a little housekeeping item done here is um, we are planning a Bible Mysteries conference next year. So this is going to be huh? a save the date. Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> The date is January 22nd of 2023, that's a Sunday. We're planning on having a Bible Mysteries Conference located here in Seguin. We'll be giving you the details about that specifically, but we wanna tell you now in advance, especially for our premium subscribers, The Seekers, to let them know that our guest is gonna be Ryan Peterson.
1: Yeah, Ryan's great.
0: Ryan is fantastic, author of uh, The Final Nephilim and Judgment of the Nephilim. Ryan is gonna be our guest as well as me. We're going to be discussing uh, one topic for sure, which is going to be the seven seals okay. of Revelation and the timing of that. So that'll definitely be one subject, but we would like to hear your feedback. What do you want to discuss? What do you think, John? you think yeah. they'll be having some ideas? I,
1: I think people out there have a lot of great questions, and what we're going to invite you to send those in to us yeah Then we're also going to be taking questions at the conference as well that's exactly right people can ask questions about the seven seals which ryan has some really cool knowledge to impart there and i'm sure you do as well but then during the conference uh we'll be able to answer questions that people may have about not only that but probably related subjects as well so absolutely an open forum yeah per se right
0: it's going to be a great forum so we really encourage (laughs) you to to sign up for that We'll be announcing the costs involved because we'll need to charge uh, for to cover the costs of renting the facility. We're going to be recording it yeah. and making yeah. videos, and uh, of course for for the time and travel of our guests. But um, yeah, keep that in the back of your mind. And above everything else, if you think of it, pray for us yeah. and pray that we can get this accomplished. So yeah, save the date, January twenty second of twenty twenty three, and then we'll come up with a really cool name for the conference and um, something. Something called. Hey, maybe
1: maybe the, the seekers out there can send us their ideas on the conference name, too. <laughs> that,
0: that's a great idea. So, yeah, thank you, John. And we really want you to get engaged. Every one of you yeah. that listens, whether you're a premium subscriber or not, we want you to feel like you are part of a community. Absolutely, you're part of a of a thing that we're doing here. It's almost like a family, but in in a, in a very real sense, we're trying to get truth out there that is being suppressed yeah, by the Satanic Global elite. so um, and
1: we want to hear questions from people that they're not being fed in their everyday life, whether, whatever it may be, right? If you're not getting an answer on something and you can't find a solution for it, send that question in.
0: Absolutely. We'll do our best to respond to you. And sometimes it turns into a topic of discussion. So your feedback is very much valued. And thank you so much for continuing to write me. We get so many responses, John, so many emails of people either saying, you know, thank you. I've never been interested in the Bible before until I heard this podcast Or, oh, I didn't know anybody else thought like I did, and I've been wondering about these things. So we're definitely touching a, 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 yeah. a needed response out there.
1: Yeah. There's just too many mysteries out there that people have questions about that n- never get addressed. Or yeah. maybe we're helping steer them to the right resources like Ryan Peterson addresses a yeah. lot. L.A. Marzulli, those guys answer a lot of questions, but people just don't know about those resources that are available. So. Right. Right.
0: Absolutely. You know. And I was thoroughly enjoyed my interview with Gary Miller. But Gary, I just I was struck by his enthusiasm and zeal. Oh, it was awesome. For yeah. for what we have to look forward to coming up. And even though that was a couple of weeks ago, um I'm still feeling his energy, you know, I'm still feeling Oh, he has so much to talk about <laughs> yeah.
1: that it was almost hard keeping up. But if you haven't heard that podcast, you need to go back and uh, download that and listen to it. Yeah, it's,
0: Make sure you go back and listen to Episode 111, Interview with Gary Miller on Creation in the Beginning. And don't forget, those books are going to be available for the next number of premium subscribers in the month of November. Awesome. It's right, just special. Gary was very kind to donate those for us to give to you as a gift. So let's get started in uh, today's podcast, John, because we last discussed The Unclean Spirits. Yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, that episode uh, came out on Halloween. <laughs> yeah,
1: which is perfect. I mean, it's very
0: <laughs> The very time of the unclean spirits, right, and, and how they do their mischief. But we're going to go back and um, we'll review some things. And we left off in the book of Matthew. Okay. Matthew chapter 12, because what we find there is Jesus Christ was literally accused of casting out unclean spirits or devils and the, the Bible interchangeably mm-hmm. uses the term devils and it's the word daimon, daimone in Greek, which is demon yeah. for us. So when you hear the word devils uh, or unclean spirits we're talking about what commonly is referred to today in the modern vernacular is a demon. Okay. Okay and we are also going to get into and let's see if we do that today um, no, we're going to get into another subject, a part of that, but we've already talked about the book of Enoch is the only source that's historically significant. It's not the Bible, but it does give us a reference to the unclean spirits being the, the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim giants yeah. that were yeah. destroyed in the flood. The Bible doesn't say where they came from, but that book, if it's historically accurate, is the only one that I could used to So fight. would
1: that mean that they're they're not fallen angels but they're disembodied spirits of the Nephilim.
0: Of the Nephilim and so their fallen angels would be their parents, their yeah. fathers. Okay. Yeah. So if the fallen angels are those in Genesis 6, the sons of God that took the daughters of men to wife, then the offspring were the Nephilim, which yeah. were giants in the earth, and when they were destroyed by God in the flood, their disembodied spirits according to the book of Enoch became what we call the. So I think that's
1: a, maybe that's a misconception that's out there that a lot of people think that the fallen angels are actual demons. That's true. But, you know, but it, it sounds like it's two totally different entities, right there. Totally
0: different entities that are connected, and yeah. they're both satanic, but one is less powerful than the other. Yeah. And one, um, they're confined to the earth. The the unclean spirits or demons. Uh, Even though it's in that spiritual realm, they're confined to the earth. And then uh, whereas the fallen angels, uh, they have access to the second heaven and other realms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 12 because here there's a statement made that's interesting. We're going to look at different characteristics of the demonic world or the unclean spirits. And in verse 22, we read, then was brought unto him, just Jesus is the subject there, was brought unto him one possessed with a devil. And there's that word we've been talking about, the daimonic. Yeah. Blind and dumb. And he healed him in so much that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And it's interesting to note, John, that we're already starting Mm. to see different characteristics Mm -hmm. of devils. Uh, While in some cases Jesus encountered them, and when uh, we would say he encountered them through possession, a person being possessed by unclean spirits. In some cases, they're wild and ravenous and violent yeah, and yeah. maybe have superhuman strength. And uh, they're injurious and they're, they're just vile. Whereas in other cases, like this child is deaf and blind or dumb and blind. Yeah. Meaning he can't speak and he can't see. And that's how the demon affected him, maybe in a different way. So there's more than one personality or power type.
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting.
0: Of these entities, right? So uh, he casts this devil, which is interesting to think that a devil can be something that could cause physical uh, impairment like blindness hmm. or being mute.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> he casts him out and all the people were amazed and said, is not this the son of David? And they're saying that as Jews, understanding that he must be the one that was prophesied that would come from David if he has the power to cast out devils. Yeah. So they're recognizing because they've been taught from their Old Testament scriptures, they've been taught this would be so. Well, of course, the leadership of Israel that opposes Jesus doesn't want him to get credit for this. They don't want people following him and thinking he is, in fact, the fulfillment of the Christ. So when the Pharisees heard it, verse 24, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And so the devils have a prince. He's got a name, Beelzebub, which, ironically enough, means Lord of the Flies. Wow. Okay. And you know there's a famous book. Yeah. Lord of the Flies. Yeah. And that's where it comes from. So uh it's it's interesting to think why would devils have names? That sense seems to give credibility to the to the concept in the book of Enoch that they were once the offspring.
1: Yeah. The there's giant. obviously a hierarchy there, right? <laughs> yeah. So a prince. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, who, who's the king at the Tower of Babel? What was his name again?
0: Uh, well, the one that led the, uh, the building, I believe, was a Nimrod.
1: Nimrod. So he was a Nephilim, or that's a common belief, right? It's understood or he may part. have been. Yeah. If,
0: if, if he wasn't, it's okay. It doesn't change his yeah, wickedness, right? Exactly. But, he, but there's very possible that in this case, and we have to make a distinction here to be scripturally accurate, Because Nephilim, as you're using the term, is exactly right. Giants that were um, the offspring of these fallen angels and human women. Yeah. Okay. When we come to the Tower of Babel, which is what you're referring to, where Nimrod existed, it's far removed from Genesis 6. Okay. The flood has happened.
1: So that's Rephaim. Rephaim, exactly. Yeah. And you knew the term, but I wanted
0: to make sure our listeners were aware. Okay. They're descendants of that genetic make up but lesser yeah so they weren't as large they weren't as mighty is
1: the, is the term there post diluvian correct that's after the flood after the okay. flood so and yeah, i'm trying and to try to learn you're here. learning you're doing well
0: <laughs> anti-diluvian would be before Pre, the flood okay just like we say antebellum homes in the south if yeah. anybody's from the south they know we're talking about like a home that was built before the civil war yeah In Belus. so
1: anti Deluvian, sorry, I can't pronounce it, is Nephilim, Post-Deluvian, Rephaim. That's what okay. I believe
0: is true. Okay. And, and many, many other authors would and, and theologians would agree with that. Because it would seem that the fallen angels themselves that were destroyed um, were cast into the abyss. Yes, according to the book of Jude, and then their offspring, the Nephilim, were destroyed in the flood. Yes, And then after that, uh, some contend, and there's there's men like L.A. Marzulli or some mm-hmm. of them, and there's there's many others, and he is such an expert in his field, mm-hmm. you know, we have to take seriously his contention there because he's been doing this for decades. Absolutely. You know? But uh, he contends there was a second incursion of yeah. fallen angels. Yeah. Now, the author, Ryan Pittison, for example, contends a different perspective. Yeah. He doesn't see us Second incursion, uh, and he sees that possibly the DNA came through the bloodline of maybe Ham's wife. Yeah. And, and he he makes that position in the uh of the judgment of the Nephilim.
1: Either way it passed through. Either way, something passed <laughs> yeah. through.
0: And and which would explain why they're referred to as Repha or Rephaim okay. in the post diluvian Giants because um nothing is said about them dying and their disembodied spirits becoming angels because there wasn't a single extinction event like the flood of noah yeah but they were they were actually exterminated through the conquest of canaan yeah and not yeah. necessarily all of them hence we have evidence of giants all over the world
1: now why do you say not necessarily all of them
0: because of that very fact that uh it it would make sense to me that these rephaim if they saw the conquest of Canaan exterminating them, that mm-hmm. many would have fled the area, and yeah. that, hence we have uh, evidence or at least accounts of giants in the far east, and yeah. yetis migrated all over the sasquatch, world sasquatch, yeah. giants in New- North America, giants in South America, I mean all over the world yeah so, Cite-
1: sightings of them still today
0: exactly and and all being <laughs> hidden. Yeah, you know the evidence of the bones and the and the remains of things are all basically being covered up, I believe, mm-hmm. by the Smithsonian. I think our our friends at Blurry Creatures mm-hmm. discussed that if, this at length. You know, they they even run ads like the Smithsonian has the bones, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. stuff like that. And I think they're right. I, I do believe that, and I say they 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 and their guests are are always talking about this. So you can check that out too. Um, and there's another characteristic of the unclean spirit now. So we kind of got off on the subject of, and it's important, yeah. ref Did they die and become the disembodied spirits? My belief is they could have, but they're more likely they had more human DNA and maybe when they died, they went to hell. Okay. Because there's reference of actually the dead in hell okay. called Repha. In the Bible. It's the very word. See, I was dead.
1: I was making the the correlation between Beelzebub being a prince, so mm-hmm. obviously a hierarchy and Nimrod. So if Nimrod was a king, mm-hmm. obviously he had a different level of uh, being, whatever. Right. Just but, as human beings can. But I guess that Beelzebub could be a Nephilim spirit. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other demons could be Rephaim. If I'm putting that together.
0: You're, you you're Well, what I'm saying is, you're, you're almost exactly uh, saying what I, was re- uh, I would concur with that. That Beelzebub, to me, based on the evidence I've seen, mm-hmm. would have been a disembodied Nephilim spirit. Okay. okay. Whereas a person like Nimrod or Goliath or Og of Bashan, yeah. which would have been Rephaim giants, yep. lesser removed than the Nephilim, uh, there's an indication that when they died, they all went to hell. Okay and as humans do when they die and they're unrighteous, yeah, so I don't know that the prince of the devils Beelzebub could have been a Rephaim is more likely to have been hmm. a Nephilim well yeah. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That, and that's a good topic for discussion yeah, in is. our maybe one of the discussions we could have that's at good. the Bible. R- that's good. Ryan's an expert on that, so yeah. he might be a
1: good.
0: I, I'm going to be calling yeah. Ryan tomorrow, <laughs> asking his opinion on this one for sure. Uh, go to James chapter two, John, because we're looking at characteristics of these things. And we, we kind of right now just had a bit of discussion about their origins. Mm-hmm. But that ties in because wouldn't their personalities and characteristics have been impacted by their origins. Yeah. You know, so yep. it's, it's important Absolutely. that we discuss the origin too. But we're going to go to the book of James chapter 2 and verse 19. And we read these words. Thou believest that there is one God, James writes, "The de- thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. They tremble. So the mm-hmm. devils, the disembodied spirits, fear God, and they tremble at the very mention of his name, I would I would suggest, because they know what's coming. They fear their future Hmm. punishment because the devils have a future punishment. And you might recall that uh, we discussed Christ's encounters with devils in episode part one of this. And they said, we know who you are. Did you come to torment us before the time?
1: Yeah.
0: And the torment being their judgment,
1: so do you put any stock into the fact i 've read a lot of stuff I heard a lot of stuff where if someone feels like there 's a demonic presence in their house or afflicting whatever their family members or mm-hmm. whatever that um, and i don 't know if this is true or not that 's why i 'm asking your okay. opinion. Some people say in the no- in the name of the lord jesus christ i I denounce you right yeah and that is supposed to remove remove them or you feel like there's any real strength in that, or is that just something that you know is talked about in Christian circles? I That's don't know.
0: an excellent question, John, and I don't mind telling you that uh, it kind of cuts close to home for me because very recently uh, I received an email from a person asking a genuine question. Uh, uh-huh. I believe they either found us through the website or they listened to the podcast. I'm not sure, but um, it wasn't a typical. Question, uh-huh. but it was very out there spiritually. Uh, they they were um, seeking answers, but they were confused and misled into all these other religious type teachings and New Agey type things, and and yeah. they were believing in spirit ancestors and visitation of ghosts and things like that.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, my first reply to them, they replied back contending well how could you dismiss all that isn't it you know isn't it true uh, i've seen them since childhood whatever and, saying
1: that they are seeing a ghost yeah yeah and they're saying hey i don't want to attempt to cast that person away from me because it's my ancestor or my along that lines yeah okay. i don't want
0: to get too specific yeah. for that person's privacy but i think that what they were believing in was um these weren't demonic things they were actually the departed souls yeah Of their family and instead of engaging in a debate with that individual which I don't want to do anyway it occurred to me could it be there's a demonic presence in their life deceiving them misleading them sure influencing them and perhaps even controlling them and I did reply to that person uh, a second time directing my email to him specifically And I focused on salvation, and I wrote to the entity that I'm assuming might be influencing that person. And I did similar to what you were saying in the email. I said, the Lord knows who you are, and the Lord rebuke you, and I want you to leave this person alone and remove yourself from their life and be bound in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if it'll do any good. Yeah. And I did get a third reply from the person that basically said, this is not helpful. So I would assume that the entity is still governing their thinking. Uh, yeah. But I did consider, you know what? What if I just, if the devils fear God, and the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you, and even Michael rebuked Satan. He said, well, the Lord rebuked thee. So I was very careful not to assume a mantle of power that I don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. But I said, yeah. the Lord yeah. rebuked thee. And, uh, and I reminded that entity, the Lord knows that you are a disembodied spirit of a Nephilim, and you have a judgment coming, and you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. And I, I would like to think that enraged that thing yeah. and, and caused him to tremble. And hopefully, we'll have some positive impact on that person. But it was just interesting that it occurred around this time when we've been discussing the, the unclean, unclean
1: spirits. spirits. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which the email, I, I would say this time, we, we haven't, this, the email predates even episode one. Uh, you know, because we, we record in advance. Uh-huh. But uh, that yeah. email was well before we released episode one. But it's almost as though the saint was trying so, to circumvent. So then
1: back to the question then, and I don't mean to slow the podcast down this week because we're only three slides in. Here, That's okay. But, um, we don't know then if if people have actual power to cast out spirits or perform exorcisms or Things like that. What, what the do you 12 think about
0: were given that? power. The to 12 do so. were, yeah. yeah. Because, and go to Mark chapter 9. I think okay. we'll find an answer. Actually, you're not derailing it. This is actually right in line with where we're headed. Uh, Mark chapter 9 uh, is going to talk about a spirit that was cast out by the Lord. But watch what he says. So we'll start reading in verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, he's speaking to Jesus, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And he doesn't mean the spirit's stupid. Yeah. He can't speak. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And spake to the disciples, I spake to thy disciples, that they should cast him out, and they could not. So it's interesting, this particular devil was also... Uh, a spirit that affected this child's health. And an, again, a child.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: I see. He says uh, my son. He didn't say how young he was. Yeah. Uh, but he's um, he's can't hear and he can't speak. But he also reacts violently when he takes the child or the or the person. And uh, causes him to foam at the mouth and gnash away. So again, you see different characteristics, different personalities. This is
1: the same uh, account as w- what you just read. In no,
0: that was blind and dumb. Okay. This one is deaf and dumb. Okay.
1: I dumb thought it was. A, yeah. I thought it was a the same account, just b- written by Mark instead of Matthew. Uh,
0: well, there are many. They do cross over. Okay. Uh, there, yeah, multiple accounts of the same one, but this appears to be a different person. Okay. Unless it's the same one with a different characteristic being added, like we had blind and dumb, and dumb in yeah. Matthew. Now we had deaf and dumb, and maybe he had all three. But I don't think it, I think it's a different person. Oh, okay. Yeah, because of the answer. Gotcha. He says, I asked your disciples and they could not cast him out. Verse 19, he saith, uh, he answered him and saith, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? And he's talking about Israel. How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. So it's it is, uh, as if the moment he came within the presence of the Lord, the, the unclean spirit began to attack the boy yeah. and uh, uh, manifest his particular power in his body as though just being in the presence of the Lord caused this demon to be enraged. Okay. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. So he could have been a teenager for all we know. Yeah. And oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. So th- this devil has got a, a suicidal Man. tendency, yeah. you know. And it makes me wonder. Uh, and, and we're going to have to do uh, an episode about Satan's attack on our children.
1: Absolutely. Because I think depression,
0: yeah. mental illness—how much of that could truly be attributed yeah. to unclean spirits? Uh, Oftentimes it casts him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. That is a very touching Hmm. passage of Scripture. I can't imagine the desperation of the father and his mother.
1: Well, could you imagine having a child that is constantly trying to kill themselves?
0: Or be killed, yeah, by the demon. You're you're just like,
1: I cannot even go through day-to-day life because this is Uh, all I think about.
0: It would destroy your whole worldview, you know. And so when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee come out of him and enter no more into him. And I felt like words like that were in order when I responded to that person who wrote me. Uh, And not that I believe I have the power that Christ has at all, but I thought in his name I could make that statement. So we're getting back to whether or not can people have the power to do this and exercise. I don't know.
1: I guess my question, and not to stop you here, but wasn't in do we have the power, but does the words
0: yeah. have the power? It's a good question. Because I, I know there are people called exorcists like yeah. in the Catholic Church, and I'm not so sure that they're not even I, I, aligned with these demonic spirits exactly, that, as opposed I, to being against them. I don't know if it's more,
1: and I'm not accusing anybody, I don't know right. if it's more of a show, yeah. or maybe they believe they do, but they, you know, I don't know. Yeah.
0: But but I think powers in the words, there may be something to that. Yeah. And... um. Yeah, we, we can get off on a whole tangent with that. But um, but Jesus took him by the hand, uh, verse 26, And the Spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. Hmm. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? Because remember, the man, the father said, I asked his disciples, and they couldn't help. And watch his statement, verse uh, twenty-nine. And he said unto them, "This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting." Well, Jesus didn't do the prayer and the fasting. He just commanded the, the 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 demon to come out of the boy. Yeah. But evidently, these could have done it if they had prayed and fasted. So that seems to imply that they did have the power to. He gave them power to cast out devils. We know that. But that was apostolic power. I don't know that we have it, but yeah. do could we have impacts on that through the Word of God, through prayer and fasting? The answer would seem to be yes. Wow. Yeah, it would seem to be this yes.
1: kind too. So he's obviously differentiating between the different demons. He's saying, "Well, that one maybe you could cast that one out with the word, but this kind over here, you have to have prayer. Yeah. In fact, like a specific uh, axe absolutely, are the only way to get rid of this one."
0: So there's different Back kinds. The hierarchy, Yeah, right? different kinds. There's a prince of devils, Beelzebub. Wow. There's different kinds of devils. They all have one thing in common. They, Well, several things in common. They are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim, we believe. Yeah. Because we, otherwise we don't know where they came from. But that seems to be the logical place. Um, they all fear God and tremble yeah. at his name. And then they can be cast out. Yeah. They can be cast out with the right...
1: By different methods. Yeah, with the yeah. right method.
0: And then another interesting one, and this probably gets into the more common, because this, this violent type of reaction that happened to this young man um, was definitely something that might have been common in Jesus's day, but we don't see it commonly here. Yeah. Right? So I think a more common spirit that is possessing people today is going to be like the one we find in the book of Acts chapter 16, okay. where it doesn't necessarily demonstrate or manifest itself physically in a violent way or in a physical um, impairment like blindness, deafness, dumbness. Uh, But in this case, Acts chapter 16, verse 16, we read, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, and this is Luke writing with he and Paul and Silas, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought their masters much gain by soothsaying. Divination? And soothsaying are telling the future. Yeah. You can, in Texas, you can go to any major city and look on several street corners and find palm, palm readers. Reader. Yeah. yeah. Uh, psychic readings, all of that. Many of which are probably just con artists. But how many of them actually do have a spirit in them? Yeah. Like this woman. The same followed Paul and us. And cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which showeth unto us the way of salvation. Isn't it interesting? She spoke the truth yeah. about them. Uh, and which this, is
1: part of her deception, or that spirit, not her, yeah. that spirit's deception.
0: Absolutely. Right? Knew who they were because they knew mm-hmm. that they were servants of the Most High God. Yeah. Even if they'd never met them before, knew who they were. So they had that power. And yet, uh, Paul doesn't like it. Verse 18 this she did many days. Mm-hmm. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, "I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her." And he came out the same hour. So he did have the power to cast out. And this Paul is not one of the twelve.
1: In the name of Jesus Christ. That's what I was asking originally. Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. So, like I said, do we today have this power? When Paul was a, as an apostle, you know, uh, and the answer is, I'm not sure, but it appears that we do. And if nothing else, maybe prayer and fasting and, of course, rebuking the entity in the name of Jesus Christ. So it brings up an entire question and subject of, can we do this today? And I would argue that we probably can. And it also brings up, why is the church at large? not focusing on these things hi thank you again for listening to bible mysteries podcast we sure hope you've enjoyed our interview with gary p miller on his book creation And I want you to know that for the month of November, John, we're going to run a special. Really? Yeah. We're going to allow every new premium subscriber in the month of November to receive a free copy of one of Gary's books, either Creation in the Beginning, which we discussed in the episode where we interviewed Gary, or Hell, God's Prison, which is another one of Gary's books, and we will happily pay the shipping to send that to you. So if we can give you extra incentive to want to subscribe and become one of our premium podcast members, now you've got one more reason to do so. Awesome. Thanks again. You know, their focus seems to be on rock music today and living your best life now absolutely, and uh, victory and things like that, instead of realizing, as Paul said, that we wrestle not with flesh and blood but against principalities, yep. powers, and spiritual wickedness. So hmm. demons have differing personality types. And just as human beings and the Nephilim hybrids would have had, uh, they we have lying spirits, we've seen that. Evil, troubling spirits like King Saul had. Okay. Ravenous, injurious spirits like we've seen with this, this young yeah. man here. Blind, deaf, and dumb spirits, which also bind them. And then the divining spirits like this young woman. Okay. God, the damsel and so it's just interesting to know that they have personalities they have names um, they have different manifestations of power yeah and so I would argue and and getting back to the person that wrote me that these apparitions of ghosts or just departed loved ones are in fact devils masquerading because you know Luke chapter 16 made it clear that the dead can't pass to the living yeah you know and so uh, without accepting that, you're going to be misled because who wouldn't want to be able to talk to their dead mothers or, you know, dead grandfather or something like that, dead sister or dead twin? Yeah. Um, and uh, wouldn't the devil just use entities to deceive you into thinking that this manifestation of an unclean spirit impersonating your deceased relative? Yeah, and
1: who are you going to trust more? Yeah. I mean, here's your whatever, this person, your loved one, right, who's telling you, oh... That whole heaven and hell thing is not even a real concept. We all turn into this giant entity together. Yeah, so you, you know, you've heard all these New Age exactly. examples of, and then people which is start, nothing new about it, oh, right? Well, uh, you know, and then they go to mediums and they do mm-hmm. all this stuff, and then you know, you're talking to this person, and they're saying, oh, we all turn into one giant light. Yeah, you know, craziness.
0: And speaking of mediums and seeking a, a dead uh, person to speak to. Um, king Saul did that very thing. We've already talked about Saul having the uh, the troubling spirit because yeah. he disobeyed God. And so God stopped talking to him and then put David in his place. But before S- uh, Saul was removed from being king, he had a battle he had to go fight, and um, he didn't know what to do, and the Lord wouldn't give him an answer. And Samuel, the prophet that he used to talk to, had died. Mm-hmm. So Saul decided, okay, I'm going to start trying to be really good now. <laughs> so he wanted to get the Lord's attention. He wanted his blessing back, and he got rid of all the witches and sorcerers out of the land and, and the idols and things like uh-huh. that. But it was too late because God had already discerned you You disobeyed me. That's it. And so he went and he sought out a witch, a person like that woman that, saw, that Paul yeah. encountered uh, that had a spirit of divination, and he found her. And he went to her uh, because, of course, they were underground. Now they, they didn't want to be killed uh, because okay. Saul was trying to find him out, root him out. Yeah. But he wanted to go find one and use her powers, and that's what First Samuel twenty-eight talks about. So go to First Samuel chapter twenty-eight. We'll start reading in verse three. I gave you a little bit of background, so now when we read, we'll understand. Now Samuel was dead, the prophet. And all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Familiar spirits. You know what that means? That they were all practicing the same craft or something like that? Is that what that means? Well, think of the root of familiar. Family. Familia. Ah, okay. Familia, right? Family. In other words, spirits impersonating the dead. Yeah. So that's what it, So, when people had familiar spirits, and, and it basically comes down to when a person has a familiar in witchcraft, that means that they could communicate with the dead. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, verse uh, four and the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem, and Saul gathered all Israel together and they pitched in Golboa. In other words, we're about to have a battle. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart greatly trembled. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. So like I said, God stopped talking to him.
1: What is Urim?
0: A uh, Urim was a, a mechanism that they used to use to... Um, it, it, remember when the, uh, 12, the 11 disciples cast lots to pick a replacement for Judas? Yes. That has to do with the Urim. It's something along that line. It's something that the priesthood did to determine a certain thing According oh. to the law, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's very like interesting. Like
1: it gave you a sign?
0: Yeah, it was sort of like a, a way that the Lord would decide the the casting of the... If the Bible says the casting of the lot is of the Lord. Wow. And I'm not okay. talking about if you want to go gamble and throw dice. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm talking about something that the Lord was in charge of. Uh, <clears throat> then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit, okay. that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. And by the way, you may be too young to remember this, John, but there used to be a TV show called Bewitched in the 60s. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, do you remember Samantha? Oh, yeah. Was the witch. Do you remember what her mother's name was? No idea. Endora. Okay. <laughs> Isn't, yeah. that interesting? Isn't it subtle how the devil uses TV and movies and uh-huh. stuff to incorporate things, you know, and Endor, yeah. the witch of Endor, Endora. Yeah, You know, it's like she was the same person.
1: Normalize everything. Right? Uh, I
0: know, or, or make it appealing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so uh, Saul disguised himself, verse 8, and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit, and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. And I think what we're going to find out is, God is not sanctioning the calling up of familiar spirits here. I think that, uh, as I said, those that had familiar spirits conjured up devils impersonating the dead. Okay. But I think in this case, God allowed Saul, or Samuel rather to actually be raised up from the dead for a moment, and it terrified the woman that had the familiar spirit. Yep. You know, this is not what usually happens this is something else. Wow. Watch okay. what happens. Yeah. So the woman said unto him, Behold, <clears throat> thou knowest that Saul hath, at what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? She doesn't know this is Saul. He's in disguise. Okay. He's disguised himself. And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord liveth, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. So how is it that she knows all this? You know, How does she know he's Saul all of a sudden? Because she realized that this is actually Samuel. And Samuel was probably saying, What do you want, Saul? You know what I mean? He, and he's about to address him anyway. So I think the reason she cried is because this was not the familiar spirit impersonating Samuel. God allowed Samuel this brief moment of time to come up and speak these words to Saul, okay. to tell him, what you're doing is so wrong, you're about to die. You know. And so, um, And the king said unto her, be not afraid for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw God's ascending out of the earth. Well, it, wasn't she always doing that if she had a familiar spirit, right? Mm. Obviously, this is different. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me? to bring me up. Notice the Bible tells us it's actually Samuel talking. Now, I don't know how he's manifesting through the woman. Is he speaking through her or does he actually see him? Is she using a crystal ball? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But he, he said he's asking her, what do you see? So he doesn't see him, Yeah. <clears throat> but he begins to speak for him. So a voice comes from, and I believe Samuel would have been in Abraham's bosom. Yeah. He would, it's exactly. the place of the dead, but it's where paradise is. And Samuel said to Saul, Why hast thou disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me, and answereth me no more, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that thou mayest make known unto me what I shall do. Then said Samuel, Wherefore then dost thou ask of me, seeing the Lord is departed from thee, and is become thine enemy? In other words, the Lord won't even talk to Saul. He allowed Samuel to speak to him from the dead. And the Lord hath done to him as he spake by me, for the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. In other words, Samuel's saying, the Lord did exactly what he told, what I told you he said he was going to do. Kingdom's no longer in your control. He's going to give it to David. He said, because thou obeyedst not the voice of the Lord, neither executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. The Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul fell straightway all along on the earth and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel, and there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all the day nor all the night.
1: <laughs> so there, there has to be either God was speaking to Saul, Divinely through Samuel. Yep. Because Samuel's got some very unique knowledge here. He, he knows exactly why Saul has been turned away by God, right? And, but before that, he says, Why do you disquiet me? Which means he was asleep, right? He was, well,
0: I don't mean he was asleep, but he but, was at rest. He was at rest. Yeah.
1: But he has some knowledge here of what Saul did as well as what's going to happen. So either that's two things in my mind. Either he's able to observe all this from whatever standpoint he's at, which is not only the past but the future.
0: Right, outside of time. Or
1: God is speaking through him divinely.
0: Yeah, and I think God is speaking through him divinely for sure, but that's not to discount he didn't speak through him by allowing him to see time, outside of time, like you said. Yeah, And so that gets back down to the whole thing. What Saul was seeking in this woman, this witch, was a medium you've heard that term the medium it's to communicate with samuel right and so uh, having a a divine spirit a spirit of divination a familiar spirit is a medium that's what they're called today okay and that's interesting because the word medium comes from the latin and it means in between like a go-between okay Uh, in spiritualism a person who conveys spiritual messages is a medium it could be an intermediary, somebody who stands in the gap between the living and the dead in order to communicate messages seen, felt, or heard regarding the past, the present, or the future. Hmm, okay. So we're getting back into what we're discussing, the spirit yeah. of divination, the spirit of familiar spirit. Plural of medium is really interesting because the plural of medium is media. Ooh, okay. Wow, what do you That's think about we that? get
1: that term. Our yeah.
0: media. Yeah. News. Internet, government, all of that, all of the above is, is communicating us. Is a medium from between the spirit else? realm and the consumer. Oof, that's kind of scary. That's what's <laughs> going on. People don't. Why do you think it's called the media? Now you know, there's satanic. So when you, I don't care what news you watch, it's media. You're being influenced by. Departed spirits, the Nephilim, right. the unclean spirits. Blow some people's heads <clears throat> up it right should, there. It should blow your mind up. <laughs> and that gets into the whole thing about, you know, um, Operation Mockingbird or Project Mockingbird, which was launched quite a while back. The CIA yeah. infiltrated all television stations, all print media, and I guarantee you they control it. The, you don't have news today. You have got propaganda. Pravda is alive and well in the United States and it's from our deep state agencies. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I just recently had a, a conversation with a, a good friend of mine about what I call propaganda, and this friend of mine is not even a Christian. Uh, in, in fact, he professes to me that he's he believes in uh, evolution and he's an atheist, right? Okay. But when I brought up to him that the media is propaganda, he made a great point. He said, propaganda is a short-term thing that's being used by a minority to gain power. And I was like, wow, he goes, the U- the U.S. media is not a minority, it's a majority. He's like, it's not propaganda, it's indoctrination. And I thought that was a very perceptual thing for That's someone good. who is an atheist to bring up.
0: Well, you know what? He's right because the yeah. propaganda is being disseminated by the small group, the satanic global elite. Ah, okay. It's widespread dissemination from the media would be the indoctrination. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I trying to think about that either. That's yeah. a good point. And I
0: whether or not those terms he's defining are correct, I think we could agree that that's what's happening. Yeah, you know that's what's happening. Interesting, Revelation chapter nine, uh, men are going to worship these unclean spirits again. So many do now, but they're hidden. You don't see it, and that's where the very meaning of the word occult is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But there's going to come a point in Revelation nine. If we read in verse twenty, it says. Uh, God pulls all these plagues out in Revelation chapter 9, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries nor of their fornication nor of their thefts. And sorceries is the word pharmacopoeia or pharmacia or whatever. It's pharmacy. Okay. Yeah, drugs. Hmm. So we've got interesting. And you know, when you think about pharmaceutical industrial complex, everything is—it's it's all lining up with what's about to happen. Men will again worship devils worldwide. And devils, of course, are unclean spirits. So they are the ones posing as gods. They are the Apollo, the Zeus, the whatever. And maybe ultimately, you know, Satan is one of them and the fallen angels. So men worship the host of heavens and they worship devils. Mm -hmm. And they're going to again. They're going to again. And if we go over to chapter 16, notice verse 13. John writes, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouths of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. And it's amazing to think that the devils have power to perform miracles.
1: Yeah. They can. Okay.
0: All part of deception. Devils will be used to gather the world's armies here to gather together to fight the Lord Jesus Christ. Though they fear him, they are on the, on the side of the angels that believe that they can defeat him. And it's interesting because I don't think, like, Lucifer doesn't really fear God. You know, and perhaps the fallen angels don't either, but the devils do. Hmm. There was enough yeah. humanity in them at one point to fear God and tremble at his name. Now, uh, the the Lord still rebukes Satan and his angels, you know, and can defeat them and everything else. But I think their pride and their arrogance is such that they don't fear him. They believe they can defeat him.
1: I'm amazed by the fact, and we may have covered it in part one of this podcast, Mm -hmm. that God actually gave presence to fallen angels and Satan.
0: Yeah. And Job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, that he allowed them. Just, and, and remember, he says he's called the accuser of the brethren, Satan is. So he stands yeah. before God day and night accusing us, uh, you know, and Christ is there as our advocate saying he's our mediator. Sorry, covered by the blood. Yeah. You know, so I don't know that he's, you know, Satan can't be, he's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at once like God. So he has to wander to and fro. And so he looks and he finds him, and then he goes and he makes accusations, you know. hmm And uh, that's going to get into some interesting things that we may want to discuss when we have our conference in January of next year and talk about the seven seals and who is the angel that holds the book, that takes the book out of God's hand and says, who is worthy to open the seals? Could it be that he is Satan saying, if this is the Lamb's book of life, who is worthy to unseal these and give them eternal life, you know? He's the yeah. accuser. Maybe it's him. Maybe he's the, wow, the angel. Wow, I never thought you know. of that. Yeah. Huh. Well, we'll have to ask Ryan about that. Yeah. yeah. Revelation 18, verse 1, is, is we're describing the fall of Babylon. And uh, this is a future t- event that's going on uh, during the tribulation. After these things, John says, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lighted with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. And has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. That's a description of demons. Mm-hmm. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And in a few weeks, uh, I believe November 21st, we're going to interview author Gary um, Wayne. who wrote the Genesis 6 Conspiracy. And Gary's done a lot of research into the ancient serpent brotherhood conspiracies and uh, the Babylonian mysteries and all that kind of stuff that comes to fruition here with the destruction of Babylon. And it's essentially Babylon the Great Whore, the mother of harlots, is this satanic cult religion that's worshipped all the gods all these ages. That comes wow. to fruition here, and yeah. it's she's the habitation of devils and every foul spirit and every unclean bird. The devils all evidently will occupy Mystery Babylon, which I contend is Apostate Jerusalem. I'll
1: have to read that book prior to the the conference in yeah. January.
0: Yeah, it's uh, uh, you mean uh, you mean the Genesis six conspiracy? Yeah. It, uh, well, does he does won't be in? at the conference. He won't be at the conference, yeah. but
1: the information will tie in to what you're talking about. It might. It might, okay. yeah.
0: His his um, his perspective in that book is looking historically through the ages, and okay. all the things that. And you were talking about Masonic order, uh, the the Illuminati, the Knights Templar, oh, you know, all of that. Oh, it's it's vast. It's like a compendium. It's really more of a resource than it is a, a, a read, okay. you know, because it's he, he just covers such a wide <laughs> band. I mean, it's it's really a fascinating resource but But uh, it's going to be great to have him on and talk about yeah, some of these. We'll honest. have to we'll have to focus in on a few specifics because we could spend yeah. weeks weeks. it the be a whole show. The whole absolutely, yeah. Uh, But anyway, look for that on November the 21st, Lord willing, when we do interview Gary Wayne. Um, But the devils evidently occupy Mystery Babylon, which I contend is apostate Jerusalem in the time of Jacob's trouble prior to Christ's second coming. So just as there was a proliferation of demonic activity at Christ's first coming, there will be an explosion of of demonic activity um, prior to his second coming, which I believe has already started. This, yeah. this proliferation of demonic activity, we're seeing it all around us, particularly politically speaking. We're seeing decisions being made that just make no sense. It's insane what's happening here, and I think uh, it's demonic. I agree 100%. Yeah, go it. to you, Zechariah.
1: You look at how far as a people we have fallen in the last, just call it five years. Yeah. And then look at the 50 prior to that, <clears throat> the sliding off a slippery slope, it seems like we're... <laughs> It seems like we're going down so fast. When Absolutely. Stuff,
0: so, Well, the good news is these unclean spirits, there's nothing clear in the Bible that states what their judgment is, just that they have one. Okay. But we know that Christ said in Matthew 25 that he created hell for the devil and his angels. So it's no stretch to assume all the unclean spirits will be eventually cast in the lake of fire.
1: Okay. Yeah. So
0: Zechariah chapter 13 alludes to that when we read in verse 1. And what we're looking at here is, um, and it could give us a clue to the timing of when this will happen, because we know at the thousand-year reign of Christ, the devil's not gone yet, but he's bound with a chain
1: yeah. for
0: a thousand years. Yeah. However, the beast and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire.
1: Okay. So they're gone.
0: So they're gone. So I'm going to contend that what we're about to read might prove that also the demonic spirits will also be thrown in the okay. lake of fire at the beginning of the thousand year reign of Christ. Because we see the context here in verse one. In that day there shall be opened, uh, there shall be a fountain opened to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. And it shall come to pass in that day. <clears throat> Saith the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land, and they shall no more be remembered, and also I will cause the prophets and the unclean spirits to pass out of the land. And if they're gonna pass out of the land, and he would be talking about Israel, and I suspect it's the entire world, possibly. Yeah. But I believe they're gonna be cast into the lake of fire. So that is their judgment. We they feared it, they trembled when Christ when they said to him and when he encountered a man with a legion of devils, We know who you are, the Son of God. Have you come to torment us before the time? They know there's a a day set of their judgment.
1: So I think this is very interesting, and I don't want to start a whole other discussion because we're running a little bit over time. Yeah. But if after (coughs) the thousand-year reign on earth, if the uh, fallen angels and the unclean spirits are are all cast into the lake fire, which means they are no more, right? Yeah. So then you only have Satan left. That's right. And he is then released... For a short time. So yeah. and that's all the Bible says is a short time, right?
0: right? A little season.
1: So he has no no minions to work through. Right. right. That he has today. He's a singular entity, which means that he can only really affect one or two or group small groups of people at a time. So then is he affecting is he only working through human proxies for whatever I don't know. I'm just throwing well, it out it's there. It's a but, great
0: question because you said, like you said, he can only affect one at a time and yet In the final battle that he gathers together of Gog and Magog, it says they outnumber the sand of the sea. They spread the information. He starts with one, and he whispers in his ear, you know, Mm -hmm. hey, we can take the Lord. We can take him. Let's go attack the city. And eventually, he gathers together an army so vast they surround Jerusalem. So I would argue that at that point, yeah, he's not using... Demonic proxies anymore, only human, human. proxies. Yeah. It would have seemed that okay. to be true. But for now, he does use the demonic spirits and the human proxies. Yeah. I think he uses the demons to control his human proxies, certainly to influence them, and which is why I, I don't believe in a political solution to the things of the world. Ephesians 6, to close here, because we're, we're just about out of time. Uh, and we read it all the time. We're going to read it again, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And Paul admonishes us to take and put on the armor of God. But we ignore the power of spiritual wickedness to our own detriment. I don't Mm -hmm. think the church talks about it enough. The church has closed its eyes to the forces of Satan. I think emphasizing whatever is being emphasized, whether it's the doctrine of grace and rightly dividing the word of truth, or whether it's the rock and roll Jesus of the the mega churches, or whether it's, um, you know, blessing Israel and Zionism today, all of those are a distraction from the real battle that we face. And we better be careful, Hmm. and we better face it. And last thing in closing, um, when we're talking about the uh, spiritual wickedness is going to be ended by the Lord in Isaiah 24, and we see something that I really, I love this passage because... When I think about the political world and the the undue influence demons have over them, the Lord is going to punish them and the uh, the fallen angels okay for yeah. for for leading mankind astray and we see that no better exemplified than in isaiah 24 and this will be our last passage for this episode verse 19 <clears throat> the earth is utterly broken down the earth is clean dissolved the earth is moved exceedingly." The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage. By the way, those of you that believe in climate change and global warming, give it up. (laughs) It's nonsense. If you could get rid of every car and all the petroleum and all the carbon footprints, you're still going to have a planet that's destroyed by God. So stop wasting my time trying to convince me we need to conserve and whatever. You're liars. And you're trying to promote a communist agenda. It has nothing to do with saving the planet because those demons that control the people that are pushing this agenda,
1: yeah. and
0: they are demonic. Yeah, The climate change agenda is demonic. The ones pushing that know absolutely good and well that the Lord is going to destroy this planet yeah. and start again. So they're lying to you and you are their willing patsy if you believe them, including the idiot in chief. Uh, verse 21, um, And it shall come... Uh, let's read verse 20 again. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall be removed like a cottage and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it and it shall fall and not rise again. The Lord's going to do this, not climate change. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall punish the host of the high ones that are on high, the fallen angels, Mm -hmm. and the kings of the earth upon the earth, the demonically controlled satanic global elite, the human proxies, and they shall be gathered together as prisoners are gathered in the pit, and shall be shut up in the prison. And after many days shall they be visited. That's hell, <clears throat> and the bottomless pit, I believe. Yeah. And then after after many days is the thousand years, and that's where their final judgment will be uh, to be thrown in the lake of fire. And look at this last verse. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. And you could say on the one hand, yeah, the light of the sun and the light of the moon will pale in comparison to the light of the Lord. And that's certainly true. But how would the sun and the moon be ashamed? I don't know, it's a human emotion. What did men worship in the past? Well, the
1: stars and the moon and the sun and exactly like, yeah.
0: those gods oh, okay are going to be ashamed when they realize that the Lord of Hosts is going to reign gloriously. They're going to be cast in like a fire because the sun god and the moon god, like we talked about the when we talked about the Roman Empire, the very days of the week, the months of the year, they're all named after demonic things. Yeah, you know, and they worship the sun. The worship of the sun has always been part of that Babylonian mystery. So, John, that concludes our discussion about the uh, unclean spirits.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of made you go over time normally, but I'm asking too many questions. Hopefully, okay. I'll charge hopefully, it back to you. <laughs> hopefully I'm asking something that somebody out there wants to hear. I
0: believe you, know? you are, and I believe that people, when they listen, they don't mind that we go a little long because we're discussing things that need to be talked about yeah. and people writing and asking about. It. Yeah. yeah, So mm-hmm. thank you, John, as
1: always. Absolutely.
0: Thank you guys for listening today, and we appreciate your support. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode, and we so much appreciate you sharing with others and your friends and tell them about the show. We'd also love it if you'd one more time consider joining Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast as a subscriber.
1: Absolutely, and keep in mind that your subscription helps us get the word out to as many people as we can possibly reach.
0: So we appreciate you partnering with us. Don't forget, it's BibleMysteries.Supercast.com, and thanks again for joining us today.